0: freedom freedom revamp. hello and welcome back to freedom revamp the video podcast we are back with another topic Courtney tell them what that topic is
1: yes guys today we are going to be talking about the very heavy topic of setting goals and expectations for yourself Mm, For yourself, not for other people, for yourself.
0: Absolutely. Um, So without further ado, let's jump right into it. So when we think about setting goals, I think the one thing that I've learned is making sure that I set realistic goals. So what are some realistic goals that you've set for yourself recently?
1: Ooh, to work on my attitude. I have a very bad attitude. And if somebody says something I don't like, it'll be like, raw, real quick. Um, and, And another goal is to just focus on what's right in front of me rather than what's ahead and what's behind. A lot of times we focus on the past and the future rather than just the present. And I'm someone who does that a lot. So I'm just trying to stay in the now and be grateful for the now rather than either stressing about um, the past or looking too much forward into the future because oftentimes we can miss the good that is already happening if we do those two things. So I think those are the top two goals I'm working on right now.
0: Awesome. I think I only have one right now, but I think my biggest goal is choosing myself. So that's in a lot of areas of life. That's in um, when it comes to my health, like I was trying to re-implement fitness into my life and I was realizing how hard that was for me because I'm trying to re-acclimate to my new work schedule. So I was like, okay, maybe choosing myself now means rest until I can start to build up a good sense of energy to go back to the gym. Um, and then I'm choosing myself is saying no, because I am the queen of service and I'm always like, oh, what do you need? What do you need? Okay. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there that's got to stop it's not realistic it's running me dry so i was like okay the one thing that i want to do um from here on out is choose myself and in a way that's positive like i don't feel like choosing yourself makes you like self-centered or makes you a narcissist or makes you seem like the world is evolving around you but the world has has taught us to not choose ourselves so often that when we do it's a little taboo so um I'm trying to break that barrier. I'm trying to normalize self care. I'm trying to normalize um, self awareness and like saying no for me. Like no, I did not do that. So that's my biggest goal right now. When it comes to setting goals, you know, when we were in school, they had these whole this whole diagram of the way in which you should do it, whether or not it was attainable, whether or not it had valuable, whether or not there was a time limit on it, and things like that. Um, do you think there's detriment to putting a time limit on a goal? Like, do you think that, that that that's added pressure or that it almost makes like reaching that goal impossible when we have that time luring over our heads?
1: I think for me, and it might differ for everyone, but to me, setting a timeline for the goal makes it, makes me want to go after it more because it's like, I don't want to dis- disappoint myself. And I think that's, that's one thing that's important when we are setting goals is that you're setting it for yourself, not for other people. Because when, well, I'm at a point now where I don't, I don't want to say I don't care about disappointing other people, but I'm not putting other people before myself as much as I used to. So when I'm setting a goal for myself, then it makes it more attainable. But I also keep in mind um, the time needed to obtain that goal. So I don't say Um, I need to be, I need to know who I am. I need to discover my identity by tomorrow when realistically it might take five years. So, and that's, okay, that's another thing. Some goals you can't put timelines on. So you kind of have to think about that when you're setting them. Can I put a timeline on this? If the answer is yes, then what is a realistic timeline for it? If the answer is no, then let me work on it. And then I'll be happy whenever I complete it because there's no realistic timeline for it.
0: I would agree. I think it works the same way for me. I think I've watched so many people set unrealistic goals when it comes to time that I was like, I don't want to do that for myself anymore. Like when we think about like the generic goals that people set in life, like I'm gonna be married by 30, I'm gonna have kids by 35, or whatever the case may be, and I'm like, wow, I'm picking up on 28. Like <laughs> that means they got like no time to obtain that. Um, so when we think about like the goals that are set for us by Society, it's like I don't know about that timeline. That's not realistic. Um, So, like you said, is if that's something that you want to obtain in life, I think it could be just a generic goal. It doesn't have to be a goal that has a timeline attached. But I think when we start talking about goals that might have a timeline attached, it might be like a savings goal. Like if I'm attempting to move out of my home and I'm, I'm attempting to buy a home, it's realistic to say that I want to save. $10,000 $10,000 by such and such date? Because if I don't, then how am I going to anticipate entering the market without that money set aside? So those are ones that you can kind of put more of a value and a time limit on because obviously it's imperative that you do so. When you think about goals too, is there is there something frightening about setting a goal knowing that like once you set that goal for yourself, you have to complete it. Um, or do you give yourself a little bit of mercy? Like sometimes you set goals that like you're struggling to obtain and it's like giving yourself extensions or things like that.
1: Yeah. Um, I do show myself that mercy simply because, um, the times when I didn't show myself that mercy, it would lead to like anxiety or depression or stress or even anger towards myself. So, um, in maintaining a more healthier mental state, um, I've learned to show myself more mercy. Um, and they're like, okay, Courtney, it's fine. Guess what? You have another 24 hours. You're still alive. You're still breathing. It is yeah. okay. And um, it was hard to do at first because, obviously, I had been pressuring myself for so long to achieve this goal by this date. And then... Trying to unlearn that, as we've talked about a lot, was um, very hard because it's almost hardwired in your mind that if you don't obtain this goal by this time, then you're a failure. No, you're not a failure because guess what? As Leah would say, get up and try again. Like you still have more time.
0: Absolutely. I think we have to remind ourselves of that so much because I don't know why we, we have a first of all, time is a social construct. So that's something that people created. I don't think that Mary, Joseph, and them were looking down at a watch like, oh, we only have this amount of time to get to our destination. No, they weren't thinking about those things. So I think that because we've crafted time and we've created this construct for ourselves, it almost is kind of like, it's a piece, it's a piece of bondage almost sometimes. Like, and it, it keeps us from freely obtaining the things that we want um, when we start to put the time on it. But like I said, like you said, it does depend on the goal that we're setting. But essentially when we're setting these goals, because we're looking to achieve something um whether it be in a long term or something in a short term, whatever the case may be, we're looking to obtain something. So what is the benefit of setting goals? Like you set these goals and you reach them and then it's like, oh, wow, like I've I've done this. So there obviously is a plus to it. So what are some benefits that you've noticed in setting goals for yourself?
1: I think a benefit um, for setting goals for me is that it makes me work harder towards it. If I don't set it as a goal and just simply say I want want to do this, then um, it I don't really work as hard at it. So I think it makes me work harder. Um, another benefit of setting goals is that it can make you want to do more things. So if I set the goal of, let's say, gaining three new clients by the end of July, Then once I obtain those clients, it makes me feel like I've done a good job at my craft as a virtual assistant. And it makes me say, "Okay, Courtney, next month, let's go higher. So once you set goals, you start to feel good about yourself and feel like you can do bigger things than the previous goal.
0: Absolutely. I think setting goals is kind of like a stepping stool. So it's like you set this goal now I know, like you said, now I know that I can achieve this. Then What else can I do? It kind of makes you feel almost invincible when you reach these goals that you set for yourself. Um, So for me, when it comes to setting goals and like the importance of it is obviously there are one thing that I've learned is there are goals that are not realistic to set when they don't simply require you they require the efforts of someone else so when you're adding like relying on others to help you achieve a goal that could get a little bit harder because it's it's less upon you and it's it's more on everyone to work as a well-oiled machine like my least favorite thing in school was group projects Get a group project, and if you're somebody like me, we're getting that project done at all costs, okay? Whether you do it or not, I'm going to make sure it's done by the due date, because I want a good grade. You're not about to mess that up for me. But the part about that when it comes to life goals, so perfect example, we were just talking about being married by 30. You can't get married to yourself. So for you to say, oh, I'm setting this goal and you be married by 30, that's between you and whomever your husband might be, or whomever your wife might be. You can't make that decision on your own, or you can't set that goal on your own because it requires somebody else. Um, So it's a little tricky in those kind of areas. But I think overall, when it comes to setting goals, I think it's, it kind of gives you a sense of purpose. Like it gives you a sense of like, gal, it gives you reason to, you know, move, Mm -hmm. to move intentionally through whatever assignment it might be. Like if it's a, a life goal, like me saying, choosing me, then that gives me more, Feel to say no in situations where I'm not comfortable doing things or I'm not comfortable with the timeline in which things to get done. And then if it's like a professional goal, it gives me more drive to complete that or it gives me more drive to grow professionally if I'm making sure that I'm working towards something. So that's definitely like the importance of setting goals for me. Did you have any questions regarding setting goals?
1: Yes, I want to ask you what has been the hardest goal to obtain for you so far
0: hmm I think the hardest goal for me to obtain was probably the first time I ever set a financial goal and again that's because it was me relying on resources from others right so obviously I work a job I know how much I get paid every week um so I can generate a budget. So that's what I did. I found this app. I can't tell you what that app is called now because I don't remember. Um, But there was an app that I downloaded at one point and I was using a lot. Um, But I've learned to like just budget on my own now, so I'm doing a lot better. But the app had a section where you could put how much you spent on food, how much you spent on miscellaneous, how much you spent on bills, gas, et cetera, right? And the app would alert you when you went over that budget. And I think for me, because I'm such a visual person, it was good to have that app because looking at the notifications popping up, like you spent too much on food this week was like, ah. now the reason why this was such a hard goal for me um, or like finding financial stability was such a hard goal for me was because I hadn't developed a strong sense of money management. Like I was not very, well educated on financial literacy, so I was spending my money knowing that I was going to get back my next check, but that wasn't realistic when it came to me creating a savings goal. Like, I want to have this amount of money in my bank account, but I also want to go buy this shirt, and I also want to go eat out with my friends, and <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. That's not realistic. Like, and that was so hard for me because I just didn't know how to find a a, a safe ground. Like, where could I, where could I find myself where I can say, okay, no, Deshaun, here's a limit. This is your limit. Like, this is all you're spending. Instead of being like, I know I have a limit, but I'm going to swipe my card anyway. Well, self-control. That was the problem. So I think that's why the hardest, that was one of the hardest goals for me is because I lacked self-control at that age. Um, I was in my early 20s, graduating college. And at that time, like, instant gratification is everything to you in your youth. It's Hanging out with your friends, it's doing things you know you're not you're not supposed to be doing. Like it's everything in your youth when you're not mature enough to see that there is so much more outside of that. So I think for me at that time, setting a goal for financial stability was not realistic. So that's probably why it was the hardest goal to obtain. Um, but now that I've gotten older, I'm doing a lot better at it. Yeah. What about that's you?
1: For that too, I was cause. just about to say, I'm working on that one now. Like, ooh. I think that financial stability is one for me because, y'all, it's hard out here. I like to online shop. I really don't be buying too much of my own food. Shout out to my grandma. But, um, yeah, financial stability probably is one. But also, another goal that was hard to obtain is not relying so much on other people to tell me my worth. I talk about discovering identity so much, and that is one of the pillars of this platform. And um, setting a goal to discover who I was and who I was created to be, setting that goal was easy. But putting in the work was so hard because I was still comparing myself to other people. I was still relying on other people to tell me... um, what they who they thought i was i was still beating myself up when other people would judge me for not being who they thought i was and so that was a super hard goal to obtain but at the end of the day i just had to push through it and it hurt and it was hard but at the end it was so worth it and i think that most goals that are hard to obtain are the ones that are worth it because at the end of the day like we were saying earlier once you obtain it, it's like, ooh, look at all that I went through to get here. And you're like, I did that.
0: But yes, yeah, sis, I think that's the most exciting part, like being able to like clap for yourself in the end, like give yourself that round of applause after you've delivered an amazing performance and reaching your goal. Like, I think there's something more fulfilling about a private goal like a goal that I've set for myself that no one knows about yes. and reaching that goal. Then like a public goal, like, you know, people set public goals with their friends or with support groups or with accountability partners and those feel good to obtain. But like when you set a private goal, like you said, a private goal of like tapping into self identity and making sure that you're like self-assured, then that's so different than expecting others. So like I said, I don't know. I have a really really hard time um relying on others to do something that I want done for myself so making and setting private goals makes me feel better because it's like I know I can get it done it might take more time but at least it's not like har- harming anybody if I don't you know what I'm saying it's on my own so I think that's the best part about setting those personal goals So as far as like something practical for listeners, how do you go about setting goals for yourself that like you find yourself like what's your success rate? Like what is the perfect formula for you setting a goal that you know you can obtain?
1: Ooh, first thinking about what it is that I want to achieve because you can't set a goal if you don't know what the goal is. Next, like I was saying earlier, see if it is something that you can set a timeline on. If it is, then set a realistic timeline. If you have to do research, I'm a huge researcher, do your research. If it's something that you can't set a timeline on, then say, okay, I just need to start putting in the work. After you set that timeline, then you need to, for me, I start um, figuring out the steps. So, like I mentioned earlier, if my goal is to have three more clients by the end of July, then what do you need to do, Courtney? Promote it. Network. Set discounts if you need to. Um, If your goal might be to lose or gain weight, okay, what do I need to eat? How do I need to exercise in order to lose or gain weight? So, set your plan of action, sort of speak, and then start working towards it. If you have that timeline, then your plan of action needs to include how often you need to eat the food, work out, promote your services in order to obtain that goal within that timeline. And I think, and after that, you should achieve it. Don't give up because giving up is the ultimate way to fail. So if it reaches your end of timeline, quote unquote, and you still haven't achieved it, then extend that timeline like Deshaun was saying earlier. So I think that's it for me. Set the goals, set the timeline or not, do the research and then start implementing your plan of action.
0: Absolutely. Um, I think I have a similar order. Um, I'm a bit of a nerd. So oftentimes like the research comes first for me. So it'll be like determining whether or not it's um, a realistic goal for me. So mm-hmm. you think about a goal. Perfect example. Like I had this goal for weight gain. I wanted to gain a healthy amount of weight because I was tired of my doctor telling me I was underweight for my height. I was like, OK, fine. I can gain the weight. I can do it. How do I do it? Okay, do the research. The research says that like sometimes it's genetics that your metabolism is high, so it might not be a realistic goal. Okay. Let me see. What else can I do? Because you know, the genetics is one thing, but there are some ways in which you can combat that. So then it's like making sure that you eat enough meals a day. Realistically, yes. I was not eating three meals a day. Realistically, I was not eating snacks in between those meals. So it was a struggle trying to gain weight when I knew that I wasn't gonna be able to do those things. Um But then it was also like holding myself accountable. So I do the research. I set the goal. I hold myself accountable. And then if I can't hold myself accountable, I am not shy when it comes to my close friends or my family being my accountability partners. I have a friend who I used to go to the gym with all the time. And if I didn't go, she would let me know. Like, you missed a day and you figure out how to make it up or whatever the case may be. Sometimes you need that extra push. You can't always hold yourself responsible for something that you know, like you area you might be weak in. Yeah. And then finally, um, putting being intentional about the effort that you put toward that goal, and then the final step is celebrating once you obtain that goal. Because I did gain the weight, not all of the weight that I wanted, but I was shocked that I ate, I gained ten pounds. I was like, what? I've never seen this way before. I was Send like. Give me your plan of action, sis. Oh, I got you, sis. But I, I definitely had to look out, um, search out, like seek out. Wow. I definitely had to seek out resources as to um, people who are nutritionists or people who were bodybuilders who knew what they were doing because I had no idea. So yeah. there was no way I was going to be able to do that myself, right? So even though I didn't always want to be reliant, sometimes we have to be realistic with ourselves and be like, hmm. I can't do this by myself. I do need help. I do need an accountability partner to say something to me. A lot of people say that all the time about fitness journeys. Like, I do need a trainer to yell at me so I can stay on this treadmill a little while longer. Whatever the, whatever you need to obtain the goal, make sure that you um put in line your resources. So, in order again, I always do the research on my goal. I set my goal. I'm intentional about. Um, my efforts toward that goal and then accountability in whatever way, shape or form that looks like. And then celebrating once that goal has been achieved. So those are my um, that's my timeline. So I think that's perfect help work, actually, is to figure out what your what your step by step plan looks like for setting goals. What What's number one? What's number two? What's number three? What's number four? Whatever. However many steps it takes for you to set a goal and then ultimately let that last step be the celebration of having achieved that goal. I think too often we reach goals and then we just let it pass over like it didn't happen, but we have to celebrate our little victories or our big victories, whatever the case may be. So I encourage you to create a list of steps that are realistic for you in setting and obtaining goals and make sure that that last step is you celebrating having achieved that goal.
1: And Courtney, do you have anything to say to anybody before we leave? Um, nothing else. We do have an Illuminate segment, so stay tuned for that. All right. Hey guys, it's Courtney here. Welcome back to another one of our Illuminate segments. I am super excited because today we're going to be interviewing Carlene, who is the CEO of Caption. So let's just get into it.
2: Yes. Um, so my name is Carlene. Literally it's Carlene for those just to remember. And um, yes, so I am the founder and CEO of Caption. It's literally like it's like the caption that you use for a photo or a photo or a video, but we just spell it differently. And um, we do photography and videography, and we're so excited to basically be here.
1: And we are excited to have you. So everyone who's watched Freedom Revamp before, you guys already know that we ask every one of our guests to define freedom. So Colleen, that is the first question we have for you. How do you define freedom?
2: You know, I would say freedom is more so a spiritual thing to me where I don't like to look at it because a lot of people that I come in contact when they think of spiritual, they think of religion, but it's not a practice. It's a lifestyle. And I say a lot of times that when it comes down to it, whether it be your mental or your physical emotional, you know, whatever you feel like can be a hindrance or something that could be hindering you from progressing, then it means that you need to break free or you need freedom from that. And then once you reach that place spiritually, then
1: anything you manifest into this world, it will be. I love that definition. I think a lot of our guests, they do um, talk about freedom from like either a spiritual or a mental standpoint. Um, And our next question is actually about practicing freedom because we live in a society where we have so many chains put on us and so many people are trying to tell us what to do. So when we're trying to break from those patterns, it kind of is a practice at first because you kind of have to come with the mindset of how do I um, change this? And then since you're so used to doing it, you have to like remind yourself. Okay, no, I need to break through from this. I need to break through from this. So how do you practice freedom? It can be journaling. It can be yoga. It can be praying. How do you practice freedom?
2: You know, it's based upon how I feel at that moment. Like, for instance, I may tell myself, like, okay, mentally or physically, you know, something is out of whack. Like, I'm a Libra at the end of the day, so I need, you know, my scale has to be balanced. And... I think that when it's, you know, when I feel off balance, then I know that something is out of whack. So I kind of reach for that spiritual aspect. Maybe it is physically. Maybe I'm eating too many cupcakes (laughs) and I'm like, okay, I need to break free from this. Or it could be just me taking a walk. I love walks. I'm not for the gym like that, but I love either dancing or walking. That's my physical activity for the day. But um, it lets me know, you know, kind of like I'm just re- listening to myself. and I feel like especially as a black woman, we spend so much, so much time trying to worry about other people, because that's just how we are raised naturally. And that we neglect ourselves. So, what I try to do is focus on okay, what it is that Carlene needs? What is it that I'm missing? You know, and then when I listen to it, I may be like, okay, I need a walk, I need a drive, I need to be around somebody. So, practicing in that aspect, and then that's personally, but if it was professionally, then it would be literally just like doing what I love, which is taking photos or videography but freestyling it not looking at it as the obligation to get this back to a client but what do I feel personally like I have to complete for myself so that I could be what my clients need me to be
1: I love that and I'm also Libra gang when you said that I yes. wanted to scream but I was like let me let her answer <laughs>
2: Look, look, September 29th, baby,
1: yay! Yes. I'm October 4th, so,
2: Look, yeah. we right there, yes, right there. we are, we
1: are. <laughs> so you told us briefly what Caption is and what you guys do, but can you go into a little bit more detail about what Caption is? Yes,
2: yeah, so what I would say Caption is, a lot of times people approach me and some people be like, is it only photography, is it only videography? I say photography, videography, video editing. And the reason that I like to specify that is because sometimes people may say just a production company, which I try to steer from that because a lot of times when we think of production companies, we think of solely videography. And so I don't want people to just get in this thought that, oh, it's only about videography. No, it's about photography as well. It's about video editing. All of them have their own artistic you know, ways or you have to bring something artistically to the table to set to basically make certain when it comes to photography. still images differ greatly from moving images, in my opinion. When it comes to color grading, it may be different when it's, you know, when it comes down to the story, you don't necessarily need a story so much when you're thinking of a steel image, but you need a story when you're thinking of photography, I mean videography. So a lot of times I, uh, you know, like to break it down for people and say and just make it clear. We are photography, videography, and a video editing company that specializes in capturing the true essence of our subjects. So that means to when I first started, I wanted to steer away from this idea of, oh, I just want to take a good photo for people online. Like, no, you know, I want to make certain that my clients are, they're presenting their true self, but they're presenting it in their best self. So that's my job to come in with my camera and whether it be moving or still images, allowing them to bring their best authentic self to the table. If you got a little sex appeal in there, We're going to reach for sex. (laughs) If you just want to, you know, keep it natural, keep it real cool and chill, we're going to go with chill. But whoever you are needs to come to the table. Otherwise, I can always tell when they're acting, Gotta be like, go off and come back on type
1: of thing. So did you always see yourself? um, Well, what actually inspired you to get into photography and videography and video editing?
2: You know, it's a long story, girl. It is a long story. But I'm going to try to cut it short. But for real, um, I got into it. It was the summer of 2006. I was only 12. And so I had gotten introduced to this like platform where basically you can listen to music all day, which we all know as the infamous YouTube. And so I was a big fan, still is a big fan, of the late, great Aliyah. And they, I seen on there that they had a music video to I Care For You. Miami you YouTube is fresh out. Like, nobody really know about it. So I was like, oh, my God. Not to mention, we didn't have Wi-Fi at the time. We had dial-up and DSL. So my grandparents, they had DSL. So I was like, oh, I could stay on the Internet all day without somebody picking up the phone saying, oh, you need to get off. So um, I was just on there. And when I seen that video, I lost it. I was like, Because I seen a description where it said fan-made. I was like, I'm a fan of hers, and I want to do that same thing. And so when I seen it, I was like, I have to learn how to do that. I didn't know how. I didn't know who to talk to because I didn't even know it was called video editing. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know anything. But I tried looking. Honestly, to this day, I cannot even recall how I actually learned it because it was no tutorials you know how we got DIYs and everything today we had it like I said this was fresh YouTube so I just researched at 12 years old and then my mom bought home some computers and she was just like kind of like you're gonna have to figure it out from here as far as if you want a computer because she knew I love computers so I stripped them apart and I made um, my own type of computer to edit with and it started with video editing. Yes, girl. I stripped a XP in a 2000. I think it was one of those. And I formed my own Vista computer at the time, Windows Vista. So after that, um, I just started doing work personally, you know, and too afraid to come out to the world. And then it was when I got to college and my mom, my professor, two of my professors, because I was taking a documentary course and then... um, my mom's needed one. She needed a video for work. And then one of my professors, she was just letting us kind of like create our own projects. So literally all three of these things happened at one time. And I kind of seen like how people were responding to my work. And they was just like, yeah, you should do this professionally. So my professor, she told me this was 2015, 16. She told me I've never paid a student out of my 14 years of working at Spellman, And I'm going to pay you. And I was like, okay. I didn't see why she wanted to pay me though. And so she sat me down and she talked to me. And then I kind of knew from there, as far as that was how I got introduced to video work. And then photography kind of just made its way into there because my sister, my oldest sister, she asked me to take, which was my first official client for Caption. She actually asked me, asked me to take pictures for her newborn baby. I told her, I said, I don't even have a camera, so <laughs> how we going to make this work? Like, mind me, you. I started off with no computer video editing, started off with no camera with taking photos, but she told me she had an iPhone 7 Plus at the time, so I was like, we finna make this work, and so I seen the responses to, like, how everybody was responding on Facebook, and I was like, dang, like, she had, like, 300 likes in such a short span, so after that, I officially started.
1: I'm... I didn't look back.
2: I know it's a load of
1: questions. (laughs) Yeah. No, but I love that. And, you know, that kind of leads me into my next question. I do see a lot of people now who have actually created businesses out of solely taking pictures on their iPhones because iPhone keeps, like, up in their camera game. But when you're transforming from using just an iPhone or just a phone to a regular camera or a real camera, I should say, it's very different. So, how did you learn, like, how to use the camera to its full effect and just editing and all of that?
2: You know, I will say this. I learned based on how the same way I learned video editing. I kind of just... Wing it, and then I was like, by now I have tutorials on YouTube, so I would spend countless hours as if I'm like a student of YouTube at this point. Like, I think I deserve a college degree in YouTube, (laughs) but literally. Um, I would just sit there like the times in which my friends will be going out. I'm the one that's like, no, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to look at YouTube and I'm going to figure out new ways to grow. And then when it came down to it, I just kind of kept growing from there, asking questions, going on set with other people sometimes. But majority of it was just me kind of trusting my instinct. I don't know. Maybe that's it. But as far as how um, I think I became more comfortable with the camera, it all stemmed from just constantly being on set, constantly messing up and having to correct myself. That's the only way anybody can get better is constantly messing up and, you know, looking at your mistakes as a blessing rather than, you know, and looking at it as a lesson as well because your lessons are slick blessings. So. I just went ahead and I was like, you know what? It would be times where I was like, man, I don't know how this thing is working. I don't even know how they're doing this. But I would just do it because I didn't have a mentor. And still to this day, really don't have a mentor
1: mm-hmm.
2: to kind of guide me. I just have people giving me, yay, or, you know, especially my family who are, shout out to them, They're my biggest critics, they're going to be like, yeah, we know you. You can do a little better. So
1: kind of just playing off of that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, family is definitely super important to um, have. Well, support system overall when you're an entrepreneur. So, yeah, I think that's just important. But in most most photographers and videographers I see, they kind of have their favorite things to capture, be it maternity, family, nature. What would you say, and I guess it's called a niche, sort of speak. What would you say your favorite thing to capture is? You know...
2: I will not lie to you. I really feel like that naturally I grew to love to capture brown skin women because like, man, girl, yes. I will not lie. I think that is because I will go back to this. When I first, I think this is where I kind of got introduced to photography, but like not professionally. It was like I was taking pictures of my middle sister. Now, my oldest sister was my first client her and her husband and her baby boy. But my middle sister, she would like nag me when we were in, in middle and high school. Like she'd be like, oh, you know, bring her digital camera. Cause you know, girl, them cell phone cameras were not like they got today. So I guess. So I had, um, I went and she'd be like, just take a picture of me and me and her being so close. I would take them and let her upload on space and Facebook. But I think as I would grow to, like, just working my angles, you know, and stuff like that, every time, like, I would just gravitate towards it. And I'm noticing, if you look at my most recent work, it's been a lot of brown-skinned women, you know? And it's nothing against, it's not saying I would not capture anybody else. It's, like, literally, like, something they give off, where it's, like, the movements, the... style they're gonna serve sex but classy sex they're gonna serve okay I could be a mother I could be shoot I could be your undercover stripper if I wanted to but anyway like slick you know it's like they're gonna give you so much versatility that you can just work with and not just that they they will work with you is what I find too with no experience of being models they will literally, a lot of brown-skinned women will work with you, with the camera, because they just, if you be the photographer that you need to be, like, they will just, like, flow. And then, you know, compliment them. Let them know, you, you working it, girl. You working it. But I think that's what my favorite thing is to capture. And I guess it does come from an aspect of my relationship with my middle sister and mm-hmm. how close we are. And then I think also capturing just relationships, period, but not in intimate, you know, just solely intimate relationships, but capturing all types of relationships, whether it be mother and daughter, father and son, you know, just all types and just allowing that relationship to come out on the camera. Because of course, getting back to what we stand for is letting your clients be natural. If you naturally close with somebody, it's gonna show. If you're not that close with somebody, it's gonna show. And so I think that both aspects of whether it be capturing brown skin women or family, both of those are me. So it's like, you get to see that's an aspect. I'm very family oriented, but I'm very close with my sister, so.
1: That's amazing. I will say shout out to my sister as well because she's Girl. my photographer, even though she isn't a photographer. So I understand. Look, tell
2: sis, hey, you can join the team. Look, we
1: we need we need some more photographers. She ain't, look, whether she thinks she is or she isn't, if she could work some angles, she's a photographer in my book. Yes, and she takes like the best pictures of me. But I'm I be getting a little lazy when it's time for me to take <laughs> her. She, but you know that's another yeah, story. I mean,
2: you sound like my sister. I'd be like, look, sis, I know I just made you look like Beyonce. Why do I look like Leprechaun from the hood right now? <laughs> oh,
1: no, ma'am, not Leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yes. But my next question for you is actually, how did you come up with the name caption and the spelling of it as well? Because I know as an entrepreneur, it's so important that the names of our brands, our companies truly encaptures what we stand for. So how did you come up with that name and that spelling?
2: OK, so um, I always blush when people ask me. I always blush when people ask me this. I came up with the name because it came from me sitting on a couch with, once again, my mother and my middle sister. And so my mom had been pressing me like, just start your own business. And I was like, uh, no. (laughs) But finally I had like, I was like, yo, this is seemingly the only thing that works for me. So I'm gonna do it. And so when she, um, she, she and my sister was just throwing out names. They was like, oh, how about this? And how about that? And then suddenly my mom was like, captions. It was just, it just stuck. I was like, I love it. Drop the Z or the S, whatever that additional sound is, and only caption. Because I instantly was like, yo, it's so dope. But the spelling of it came from Sean is a old day to my family because we, every person almost in my family have Sean in their name, so, or Sha. So my middle name is Lashay. My mom's name is Lashonda. My sister's name is Deshawn. my oldest sister. Um, My middle sister is Shani. like everybody got Sha or Sean. So I wanted to keep Sean and then Cap. And at the time I was crossing So I was like, yeah, crossing A.K., so I'm going to keep that cap. I'm going to spell the cap different because I did not want CAP. I just didn't. So, yeah, it's just to sum it up, it was all kind of coming back towards who I am as a person. I think that ultimately all my business as, like, decisions are based on a piece of my personality and who I am. So, Yeah.
1: I love that. That's so um I figured it had to do with somebody's name with the way it's spelled. But um I always ask this all entrepreneurs this next question because I feel like it's so important that you have a vision and that you know where you want to go so that you can make steps to get there. So where do you see caption in the next five to six years?
2: You know, it changes consistently for me. It's like I could tell myself because when I first started out, I was like I just wanted to be the largest, like, photography, videography company. And it just seems so broad, so, like, vague or something to me. Then, recently, my goal, five to ten years from now, I will not lie, it just keeps sticking with me, is that I want my own channel. I do. Like, so, how you have a Hulu and a Netflix that you can click on, maybe not on TV, maybe because people keep steering away from TV, which is understandable, So I'm like, I would love to have my own, like, actual app or channel that people can watch my content. And then then it's like expanding Of course, you know, maybe we could share photos and interviews and stuff like that. And sharing stuff like this, podcasts and, you know, stuff like that. But also just allowing my work to be present in a universal stance. So I would love to have it that big if I could just like dreaming wise and just setting a bar for myself. Like I just do not want to be, I I just don't want to be the same as everybody else. You know, and especially when you're in Atlanta or any other place that's oversaturated with talent and it's we can't help it that those are our talents. And so if I could, I just want to be like, you know, how you can say it's an Oprah and then it's another talk show. We know Oprah. I would love to be like that type of differentiation. Like, when you hear my first name, you already know it's a difference. Because, you know, if you can get to the status where you don't need somebody to pronounce your full name, you only hear the first name, you have made it. When yeah. you say Whitney, we know Whitney. When you say Mariah, we know Mariah. When you say Beyonce, we don't need to have Beyonce knows. We got Beyonce. But yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I am going to be speaking that into existence for you because I feel it's so important that when you want something, you work on it, but you also claim it. So we are going to be praying that over you and your company. Yes, thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. You. Look, likewise for Freedom Revamped. Thank you. Thank you. thank you. <laughs> so the last question we have for you is: How can people book your services? Because I'm pretty sure after seeing how passionate you are about your work, somebody from our audience is going to want to book you so how do they book your services
2: yeah so you can check out my website it's um www.caption.com k-a-p-s-h-a-u-n or you can go to instagram and at caption same spelling k-a-p-s-h-a-u-n or facebook same spelling like LinkedIn same spelling so whichever one you want to follow whichever platform you on, we're on there and we are most active on Facebook and um, Instagram and I we have a Twitter as well but I'm still building that one. <laughs> yes, you got you.
1: Well I want to thank you so much for taking the time today to talk with us about all that you have going on like I said we will definitely be keeping up with your work and Anything you need that we can help with, please let us know. Guys, be sure to follow her on all the social media platforms and stay abreast of what she has going on. That is all for today. And until next time, continue to practice freedom. Bye.